Hi, I'm Carlyn Holbrook. I'm a John Maxwell team certified coach, teacher, trainer, speaker, published author, and influencer with more than 25 years of global leadership experience. If there's one thing I've seen firsthand time and time again, it's that the best leaders inspire others to follow their purpose and their passion, while the influence of a bad leader can literally tear down people's potential. Join me for a few sips of leadership tips that will help you become a better leader by first conquering the hardest person to lead, you. Good morning, everybody, or good afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to this. Been a, been a minute since I've dropped a new episode, and uh, it's just life gets busy. And I actually was just thinking about maybe starting a new series. So I took a class in college in my undergrad at Cal State Fullerton, Go Titans, and it was called Rhetoric of Popular Culture. And it was one of my favorite classes because it was it was unique in the sense of it would take like everyday things like movies that we see in popular culture or music or television shows, et cetera, and then apply like a theory to it, if you will. So for example, I had actually written a paper at the time, um, the absence of mother figures in Disney films. And I did work for Disney at the time. And it was all, again, all in kind of good fun or just to draw conclusions around how things in popular culture actually impact our lives. You know, it's the whole art imitating life, imitating art thing, which I believe really does happen because it comes from people's brains. And typically you write or you produce, direct, or sing about what you know. Um, so anyway, I was thinking about that class recently for some reason. And and lately when I watch, and I don't watch a ton of TV and movies anymore, I have to be honest, I just feel like uh, everything's a reboot and a remake. So I actually start going back and doing reruns um, of Golden Girls, one of my favorite shows. And Friends is like one of my favorite shows of all time. And I love Lucy and Dick Van Dyke. Like I go old school too even. But I was I was realizing, but my husband and I did just watch a show, Reacher, uh, the first two seasons on Prime, and we really enjoyed that. And it's so funny because when you kind of live and breathe leadership, you start to see leadership examples in the most funkiest of places, in the most unexpected places. You expect it in something like maybe Ted Lasso, right? There was intention, I think, behind showing a coach of a team and how they all work together. And, and sports movies are full of those kinds of like leadership analogies. But I thought it'd be kind of interesting to start a series of podcasts. And I'm not going to force it. I'm going to kind of, you know, as as we experience this or as I experience this out in the world. And if you have thoughts and ideas, you know, please, by all means, message me of examples of leadership in the least expected places. So looking at the world around us, looking at the movies we watch, television shows, et cetera, and see leadership examples and real real world examples, but in like unexpected places. So one of those unexpected places I was thinking about was actually the TV show Friends. So um, yes, I'm a, I'm a big Friends fan. It's funny, I feel like I became a bigger Friends fan later during like the rerun and syndication years, and um, but it, it still makes me laugh. I've seen every episode a bazillion times, and I still laugh. And my husband and I, not too long ago, went down to Miami where they had the the Friends experience where you, they had movie props and, um, 
you know, kind of rebuilt some sets, um, like for the show that you could take photos in. And, you know, it was fun. It was all good fun and trivia and some of the original like scripts and artifacts and some little clips and movies. So it was a really, they did a really good job. I highly recommend it if it comes to a city near you. And um, as I was thinking about, you know, there and watching Friends recently, I was realizing, gosh, there's six people who could not be more different, but who completely do life together. And I know it's a TV show and they write it that way. So calm down. But how often does that really happen? I mean, I know that I've had probably different groups of friends throughout the years. And when I look back on my own life, or even my own current life too, in circle of friends, I think, wow, like my circle of friends, we couldn't be more different humans. But we come together because we care about each other, we trust each other, we have each other's backs. And Actually, I think there is something to the opposite attracts, right? Because it's it's interesting. You're intrigued by people who are different than you. At least I am. And I feel like that's that's a rather healthy way to look at life, to appreciate the uniqueness and differences in people. And so I feel like art in this fact does imitate life. But more importantly, when we think about leadership, we think about how how do you build high-performing teams, right? How do you, or even if you inherit a team, which happens sometimes when you come into organizations or, or teams, sometimes you inherit the people. You don't have the chance to hire people. They're part of the team already. But how do you still build a high-performance team? How do you create mutual accountability? How do you create a team that's so well-oiled that you can step out more and more and they're self-leading themselves because that is the ideal state for a team is that they see the mutual accountability they work together they fill in the gaps for each other they have each other's backs and that is where you ideally want to get and that's that's not easy to do it takes a lot of energy and time and obviously leadership and clarity and stepping and leaning into the individuals first, though. And that's what people, I think, fail to understand when they're trying to build teams. They think it's about leading, leaning into the group dynamic first and foremost. It's like, all right, as a group, we're going to do this. As a group, as a group, as a group. You don't start there. You have to start leading the individuals first because all groups, all teams are made up of individuals. And if you don't take the time to really understand and assess who those individuals are, what are they uniquely gifted to be and to do? What, is, what are their talents, knowing what their talents are, what their, their personalities are like, what their likes and dislikes are, all those things. How on earth do you ever find, find like how can they fit into a broader organization? And on the flip side too, if you're just focusing on the group, the group, the group, and that sort of like that's what's most important, you lose, you're going to lose people's individuality and you're going to lose their feelings because people want to be seen they want to feel like they uniquely contribute to something that they their opinion is valued that what they bring to the table is just as important as the other person across the table so you got to start with individuals if you're going to build a good team so how do you start with that well think about each of the people in your team think about each of the people in your life I think about it this way let's go back to the show friends right you want you want a group that has complementary skills to each other. You do not throw the cookie cutter away. Do not hire a bunch of people who are alike because, oh, they'll get along better. It's like that is often not the case. How often is it that you see or have a relationship in your own life where 
you know, I know we say this a lot about like, oh, that mother and daughter doesn't get along because they're so much alike. That father and son doesn't get along because they're so much alike, right? That's true. A lot of times when people are so much alike, they actually don't get along because oftentimes you have two very, very stubborn people, well, they're going to keep clashing, right? So you want people with complementary skills. So when I think about the group of friends, there's six of them. So for those of you who don't watch the show, it's okay. You, you can still follow along. So Monica, right? Monica, she is extremely, well, one might say OCD, but she's very detail-oriented. She's very strong, a bit on the stubborn side, but she's a driver. She's an activator. She does seem like she has this natural ability to lead, and she wants to lead, and she wants to be the best, but obviously there's a shadow side to all of our gifts. She can be very dominating, domineering, and not allow other people to have opinions on things. So you take the good parts of her, which is she'll keep the team going. She'll keep everybody organized and on task. She'll keep it, you know, the sheet, the worksheets and the smart sheets color-coded, and she'll keep everybody um, moving forward in that direction. So you do want a Monica. You just have to be sensitive to Monica's shadow sides. Well, then there's Phoebe. A lot of people might think, oh, I don't want a Phoebe. Phoebe's very bohemian. She's out there. She's a free spirit. She kind of has like a mismatch of the way she views the life and the way she views God and spirituality. Like she's a little all over the place. And, um, but, but yet when she has those core values, you know, she's pretty good about sticking to them. You know, she's a, she's a vegetarian. She um, care, loves and cares about animals. Um, well, you know, she did get the fur coat, but she did feel bad about that, right? In that in that one episode for fans out there. But what's lovely about Phoebe, Phoebe is that, you know, her free thinking spirit and the way she views the world uniquely makes her very creative. It makes her very innovative. And you need people like that on a team. Somebody who is going to be a little out there and give you the out of the box, to use an old cliche kind of thoughts. Then there's Ross. Ross is some Ross is more of the if you have ever taken true colors test or any of those personality tests I would say he's probably the green one on the team so he's more methodical he's more academic but he's the bookworm he's the textbook guy he's the the science guy so while you have you know Phoebe who's out there and a little bit more on the philosophical and spiritual planes if you will you have Ross who is more like here's what's in the book here's what you know the data says and this is that is it. End of story. There's no other opinions. You know, him and Phoebe had that banter in that, you know, one episode too about, you know, she didn't believe in evolution. And he's like, but it, but it's fact. And she's like, but it's one possibility. There's many possibilities. It's actually theory, not fact. So even in their own debates, they're friends, but they were still, you know, debating and sticking to their guns on what they believe. And then you have Rachel. So People might think, oh, well, I don't want a Rachel on my team because she's kind of flighty. She's kind of flaky. She's spoiled, you know. All the things that Ross maybe put on his con list when he was making a list in the episode of if he should stay with Julie or go and, you know, date Rachel. However, I will say this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up Rachel here. She took big leaps of faith in her life. I mean, she, she did only know being spoiled and daddy's money and everything, and yet she left her future security, if you will, bury at the altar. And that takes a lot of risk and leap of faith to do that. But that wasn't the only time. She continued throughout her whole career. She left her job at the coffee shop because she's like, this isn't what I want to be doing. I want to be in fashion. 
and she up and quit when she didn't even have anything else lined up, but she went for it. And then throughout all of her jobs in fashion, she always had the courage to go for something, to go ask for something, to go for a different job, a different role at a different company even. So she did take a lot of risks throughout her life. And when something wasn't fulfilling her, she moved on to the next thing. So you need those risk takers on your team too. Somebody who also isn't afraid to ask for what they want, even when she was really nervous doing it. Then you have Joey. Joey's a charmer. He's probably high woo if you take strength finders. You know, but somebody like that on the team is someone who is going to be like a connective tissue, a connective glue with the team. He's like all heart. He's not the brainiac that maybe Ross is. He's not somebody who's going to be super driven, but he's going to be the guy that makes sure everybody gets fed pizza, probably two pizzas, Joey special, and and just connects with people on a different level and just making sure everyone's good. Like, how you doing, right? How you doing, team members? How you doing? And then last but not least, who happens to be my favorite character, um, Chandler. Because what I love, here's what I love about Chandler, levity. We all need levity in our lives. We all need humor. We all need to not take ourselves so seriously, especially working. I mean, yes, it's important to do be good at your job, but failures are going to happen and we should be chasing failure you know to quote ryan leak love it haven't read his book then you need to go read it or at least watch his watch some of his youtube stuff but it's true like you know chandler um he pokes fun at things he keeps things light but then he's also a consistently good worker he may not be like super driven want to get to the top you know he even jokes like oh she's like remember when monica and him were talking about their wedding budget and she's like you work really hard for that and he's all eh. and she's like okay you work for that you know the money but but you do need also people who are going to be consistent and a consistent worker who is making a difference but also is bringing that that lightness and that levity to the work environment it's so important so there you have six people who could not be more different. And do, are they perfect? Oh, my gosh, no. They they fight. Uh, like, you know, they battle over. They have inward fighting over the apartments, you know, if anybody remembers that episode and the silly game show bet. I bet we know more more than you about us, you know, and vice versa. And then they bet the apartment and lost their apartment and all kinds of drama. But at the end of the day, they still come back together, right? That's the moral of the story. They fight. They disagree. But more often than not, even when there's misunderstandings and mishaps, when those happen and they're talking about each other to each other, it never gets resolved. But they learn that the only way through something is you got to be direct and you have to talk directly with each other about it. And, and when something doesn't go right, they pivot, 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 you know, like the couch episode. Um, And I think so I think there's just a lot of great lessons to be learned in that because perfection doesn't exist. And a perfect team doesn't exist. But if you recognize all the individuals on your team, is bringing something unique to the team dynamic and then helping them recognize that this is actually our secret sauce of being different and coming together. And as a leader of this team dynamic, you need to make sure that you're not getting in the way or that you're not creating a team where they're always just looking to you to delegate down or tell them what to do or be overly directive. What better, a better way to use that is to do that is actually to lift them up 
and yes, give the guidance. Yes, ensure that we're all going in the same direction together. There's clarity, there's goals, there's vision for the team. But the best thing to do for this group of friends is to be the Gunther and to make them some coffee, keep them caffeinated, keep them going, and you know, get out of their way once you create this kind of mutually trusting environment where everyone can shine for themselves. And then, of course, holding accountability to those dynamics, the team trust, the values and agreements that we're going to do this all together. You know, and some people will say, well, I don't work with my friends because I keep everything so separate, blah, blah, blah. And I actually disagree with that. I actually think that you spend more waking hours in your life with the people that you work alongside every day. And if they can be your friends, now what is defined as a friend? Someone who's, you have their back, you trust them, you communicate directly with them, you're vulnerable with them in tough situations. Um, Again, like you spend time together, you lift each other up, you cheer each other on when they have wins. Well, that sounds like a perfect teammate to me. Friendship, teammates, that sounds pretty much the same to me, people. So maybe calm down with your lines in the sand type of stuff. I would actually even venture to say to me, a lot of times your workers, coworkers are like your family because they're, you know, sometimes you love your family. I love my team. Uh, but sometimes you want to smack them because, you know, you frustrate each other because you do spend a lot of time together because, oh, I don't know, you're unique human beings who are going to have differing opinions or approach things differently sometimes. But there's always a fundamental foundation of love and respect and trust and mutual accountability. That's why I think it is so important to have these types of relationships with work because when you have that dynamic and you respect and and appreciate people's differences and someone's helping you learn because they have a different point of view than you and it's like oh you got my blind spot thank you like I didn't see that oh my gosh the world is your oyster right just like our group of friends on the tv show you see them over the 10 years that we got to glimpse into their lives grow and change and evolve etc and they do that together and they do that with the support of each other that is the ideal team dynamic when we will all say hey I will always be there for you no matter what happens in life thank you for having a cup of coffee with me for more sips and tips connect with me on social and follow leaderships on Facebook Twitter Instagram and Pinterest and don't forget to visit my website carlinholbrook.com until next time keep on brewing